message I had from last week, living as the expression of God's will, living as the expression of God's will. What that means is living as the manifestation of God's will, of God's goodness in your life. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We honor you. We honor your presence. We know you're here today. Our Father, we thank you. Minister to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's will is for you to live out His will. And that's why He told us in Matthew chapter 5, He says, this is the way I want you to pray. Matthew chapter 6 actually. It says, pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you know if heaven's will is being done on the earth, we will have bliss on earth. So God's will is good. God's will is good. And this is where next Thursday will be Christmas. And uh, we love to tell the Christmas story around Christmas time. And uh, but there, for me, there are certain words that are spoken about the time that Jesus was born that stands out to me. It's an incredible story. But you know, John the Baptist, that Zachariah, <laughs> his father was Zachariah and the mother, you know, Elizabeth, and they couldn't have a child. And God came uh, uh, through the angel Gabriel and spoke to them, you're going to have a child. And God shut out the lips of uh, Zacharias for, for nine months. He couldn't say a word. God didn't want him to talk himself out of the miracle. But finally, when the guy could speak, he began to prophesy. And he began to prophesy about God's will for your life today. And you need to listen to what this man had to say. He had nine months to meditate. Amen. <laughs> He had nine months to think about the miracle that was happening to his wife. And he watched it but couldn't say nothing. And when he could speak, when the time came for him to speak, the Holy Spirit took over. And the Holy Spirit started to speak concerning you and concerning me. And these are the words that the Holy Spirit spoke through to Zacharias in Luke chapter 1 verse 74 and 75. It says God has granted some things to you. Amen. It says God has granted to us, to, to us that we be delivered from the hands of our enemies. God has granted, it says to grant to us. That we being delivered from the hands of our enemies. You have no enemy that can do anything to your life. The birth of the Lord Jesus had made it possible. God has granted to you that your enemy will not have power over your life. Not as long as you live. He has granted to us that we will be delivered from the hands of our enemies. That means Satan can do nothing to you. Except the things you allow him to do. God has granted it. That we might serve God without fear. In holiness. In righteousness. And in righteousness all the days of our lives. Without fear we serve God. What does it mean to serve God without fear? That means you have no fear of want. Amen. 
That's some kind of fear. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you believe that? You see, we read the scriptures, but we don't act on the scriptures. We don't act like we truly believe, so we are not reaping the benefits of what's been written and given to us by God, which is His will. To grant to us that we will serve God all the days of our lives without fear in holiness. That means God has granted you the ability to be holy. You don't have to pray for that. You have been granted the ability to be righteous before God. God did that through the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. He granted that to you. All you have to do is receive it. He granted it to you. He's yours for the having. You can have it. It's when you begin to say, oh, well, I don't know how. When you begin to try to know how, that's when you miss on it, miss out on it. But when you accept it, that God has granted his mind, his mind, I can be holy, I can be righteous, his mind. God granted it. And the Holy Spirit spoke those words through Zachariah's prophecy for your life. To serve God without fear. No fear of want, no fear of sickness, no fear of your children dying young. All of this is always according to how you believe, according to your faith. If you believe it, all things are possible to them that believe. In Luke chapter 2 verse 14, after Jesus was born, the angels appeared to, to the shepherds. And they started to sing. And I'd like you to take to, to hear what the angels had to say. And they came down from heaven, multitudes. I mean, they've been looking down and watching what was going on on the earth. Gabriel going back and forth, nine months. Speaking to Joseph, you move now from here to there. And come, they come out, they appear to him in a dream. All kinds of activities before the day Jesus was born. And on the day he was born, they went to the shepherds and they started to minister to the shepherds. Singing. Wouldn't you have loved to hear the angels sing? Amen. But what were they singing? What were the words of their song? They said, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Good will towards men. Glory to God in the highest. As the highest heaven. Let God receive glory now, because now prosperity, peace has come to man. No enmity anymore. Whatever was blocking that relationship is now going to be removed. Time has come. Peace. The word shalom means prosperity. Wholeness. Shalom. In every area. Peace. In your life. The angel sang this, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And we're talking about living as the expression of God's will on the earth. That means living as the manifestation of God's goodness on the earth. Let the world see that God is good. If the good God is with you, they should see that God is good in your life. Is the expression of God's goodness in your life. They ought to see it. That's what we're talking about. You know, 
Moses wanted to see God's glory. In, in Exodus chapter 33 verse 19, verse 18, it says, God, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. God says, no man can see my face and live, but I will allow my goodness to pass before you. You want to see God? You see his goodness. You want to see God? All you see is his goodness. He said, I'm going to allow my goodness to pass before you, Moses. So when you accept the will of God, you're not taking anything out of your life. You are adding goodness into your life. That's why the children of God, they are being robbed. Because they don't realize that yielding to the will of God is yielding to his goodness. And when you yield to his goodness... Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. He's yielding to that goodness. His will. Good will towards man. That means if something is happening to your life that is not good, God may allow it temporarily, but that is not his will. If you stay in his will, that thing will lead to your promotion. When it's all over, it will be good for you. Because forever, good will towards men. Forever. Jesus, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing what? That's why God anointed him. God's purpose for your life is to do you good. Just good. If it's bad, it's not coming from him. He's good. He may allow it temporarily because the enemy doesn't know what God is doing. His will for you is good. All you have to do is accept and yield to his will. And if you do, when it's all over, then your beginning may be very small. I say there's nothing to it. But it's when it's all over, uh, the end is always greater than the beginning. Let me say this, that the moon has no light of his own. Amen. I thank God I live in America where men have been on the moon. When they showed the picture of it to us, we didn't see any light, right? Just soil, earth. Huh? That's all we saw. The moon has no light of his own. But the God that created the moon and aligned the moon in such a way as to reflect the light of the sun. Amen. It's the alignment of the moon that helps the moon to shine. We need to align ourselves to the Son of God in such a way as to shine before the world. Amen. That's what we need to do. All I want to do is, how do I align? I don't have any light of my own. But if I align myself properly with the sun, I'll be the light of the world. Amen. You can shine. You can be the expression of his will. Amen. You can be the expression of his goodness. If you will align yourself properly to the sun, then you can shine. And that's why I believe Jesus said, you are the light of the world. 
we need to believe the scriptures enough to begin to want to align ourselves. Would you ever, could it ever happen in your thinking that Jesus was afraid of something? Huh? That will almost be blasphemy. Huh? Jesus was so much in want. He started thinking, what should I do? <laughs> Have you ever read anything like that? Jesus was hungry and he was looking for food to eat. He could never find and he was so worried. He went to sleep anxious because he had nothing to eat and wanted to eat. It could never happen. You know that. Or Jesus was sick with a fever. And we need to lay our hands on him and pray. Now, is that going to ever happen? No. But he is giving us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So we need to align. There are practical things that we must do to align ourselves so that God can pour his blessings on us. Not religious things to do. Those things have no benefit. Notice, all you are trying to do is align yourself properly so that the light of God can shine on you and then you can reflect his light. That's not a religious act. Amen? It's not something you have to struggle. This is something you need to, to know. I just have to do this because I am trying to position myself properly so that God can flow through me and I can be a blessing. Amen. That's all he's saying. So how? I want to share with you 12 practical things. If I could go through all of them. That you can do to align yourself properly. To shine. His glory is his goodness. Amen. So your good, his goodness can be seen upon your life. I tell you what, it's so practical. Let's be real practical. You know, if, 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 if you say God is in your life, and you say that all the time, and horrible things keep happening to you, seven years gone by, nothing good is coming to your life, if things keep going down, uh, you cause a lot of doubts in the minds of those who are not believers around you. Right? They want to see some goodness. They want to see some goodness. That's what it is. It is. That's the way it is in life. So we need to align ourselves. The first thing that we must do is to renew our mind. Renew our mind. You see, the born again experience is just what it is. It's an event. Amen. <laughs> The born again experience, just like you were born, right? It, it was an event. Something took place, right? The born again experience is an event. You are soul, spirit, and body. Your spirit was born again. Your soul, your mind was not born again. If you used to steal, you don't forget that you used to steal. You still remember. And you still know how to do it if they let you do it. Right? So you're born again, you have, you've become a new creature in the spirit. But you still remember everyone that used to go out and do crazy stuff. Amen? So you, your born again spirit carries 
your mind that is not yet born again. So we need to renew our mind. That's what Paul tells us. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you brethren, by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. And be you transformed by the renewing mind. The only way you can be transformed, the only way you can reflect God's goodness, the Bible is telling us, and God is begging you, the only way to do that is to renew your mind. You will not be transformed. You really can reflect God's goodness in your life until you begin to renew your mind. There is not an option to this. Because God has commanded us in the New Testament, you have to do this. And Paul is saying, by the Spirit of God, I beg you, please, present your bodies. In other words, do these things. Renew your mind so that you can prove what is that good, what is that acceptable, what is that perfect will of God. The only way your life can show forth God's goodness is when you begin to renew your mind. God cannot walk with that unregenerated mind because your spirit lives in the heavens. The Bible says we are seated with him in heavenly places, right? But your body is still right here and and God cannot walk with that if your mind is not renewed. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? He's wanting to go this way. You're thinking this way. You keep asking, how can this happen? I don't know. Well, God doesn't want you to know how it happens. He just wants you to believe and act on it. So we need to renew our mind. There are things that God, that has not, First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, he says there are things that God, that has not entered into the heart of man. They've never thought about it. Things that eyes have not seen, that he have not heard, that have not entered into the heart of man. That's no man knows about these things. Only the Holy Spirit. These are great things. But God cannot tell your own regenerated mind until you renew your mind. You can't receive. You don't have the ability, the antennae to receive those things. They are there, but you can't receive them. So, working on your mind, allowing the scriptures to bathe your mind, those are, that will bring the antennae real up so that you can access those things. That's the only way to do it. We have no options. You see, and thank God today, God has blessed our generation. There are all means to get these things in. My wife buys a bunch of tapes at home, you know. We got, we are downloaded with tapes at home. And she tells me which one to listen to. Amen. You have to listen to this, she says. So even why you just, you bathe your mind with the word of God. Jesus said you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. The disciples didn't feel, they didn't feel clean. Did they? No, they didn't understand all of that. But they were excited about hearing his words. Our hearts burn when we hear your words. And because of that, the heavens, you know, I, could, I can do business with these guys. 
You are clean because of the word. So you saturate your mind with the word of God. And before you know it, you are beginning to think just like God. You don't think in terms of how is it going to happen. You think like God is going to do it. God did it with Peter and he's going to do it with me. God did it with Pastor Andy and I'm going to get mine. We are all part of the same covenant. Nothing stops you. You don't think in terms of impossibilities anymore because the word of God becomes God in your life. Your mind is renewed. Therefore you are transformed. Once your mind is renewed about anything, guess what takes place after that? Transformation. You're going to be transformed. So that's the key. That's the first thing, first thing that we need to do. Renew our minds. When we renew our minds, we go on to the second thing. Then we move up to the thoughts of God and His ways. You know, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, God says, my way, my thoughts are not your thoughts. <laughs> my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher, you know, the natural way, the natural human way. You know, they're so way down here. And they don't, they don't line up together. Sometimes the ways of God don't make sense to us. But in the spirit realm, they really make a lot of sense. And only the true worshippers that are worshipping the Father in spirit and in truth can access those things. So God is not saying, Aaron, my ways are so high and my thoughts are so high, you can never attain to it. Now he's telling us, move up, come up. Begin to think like I think. Know my ways. Jesus didn't just walk on water by himself. He commanded Peter, come, walk on water with me. Jesus said, the works that I do, those who believe in me will do the same thing. God is not taking anything to himself that he doesn't want you to have. He wants you to operate as the expression of God's goodness on the earth. That's what the Father wants. We have to move up to the way he thinks. Supernatural ways. Possibilities. Jesus, he'll test us to see what we will believe for the impossible. <laughs> I like this story. Jesus, they were in the wilderness. And they needed food. Bread. And Jesus called Andrew. And said, hey. No, I believe he called Philip. Philip. He says, Philip, where can we find bread to feed this multitude? But the Bible said he was just asking because he himself already knew what he was, he was going to do. He was just testing this fellow. And I'm sure uh, Philip did like, <laughs> feed this multitude. How you? He was thinking in terms of impossibility. There's no way this is going to happen. Even if we all work for the whole year and put our wages together, we won't be able to accomplish this. What are you talking about? Amen. But there was some other fellow there. His name is Andrew. That was beginning to get this time. And he says, hey, master, I have discovered this uh, guy. Uh, 
He has five loaves of bread. That tells you that they were all very hungry. If you can notice a guy with bread in the multitude, <laughs> they were all very hungry. And this guy says, boy, that guy has some lunch in here. He said, I found this guy. He has five loaves of bread. And he knew he got two fish. I don't know how he managed to count the number of fish. But he really noticed that bread. He was hungry too. <laughs> but then he felt foolish about saying that. You know? We're talking about feeding the multitude, and you're talking about five loaves of bread. He looked like an idiot. And I'm sure Philip is looking, uh, Philip is turning around looking at uh, Andrew and saying, What is he saying that for? We gotta feed 5,000 men. And so I guess the guy felt foolish and he said, huh, But uh, what is that to this many people? And Jesus said, Give me those five loaves. And shoop, he was gone. He knew where the kid was, amen, in the multitude. He was gone. Got the five loaves of bread. Master, here you go. He taught in terms of possibility. You see, that's what God wants us to think like. We get up to his level. But you can never, ever get to that level unless your mind has been renewed. Amen. So you begin to think the way God thinks. The third thing that we need to do is we must have a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. This is a real trouble for the church. I'm telling you. People are not teachable anymore. (laughs) They already know. I like my son, Omar. Many times I would tell Uma, why do you need to do this and this? I said, I know. I said, well, if you know, why didn't you do it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, I'll take him to lunch this afternoon. He won't like that. <laughs> but he will always tell me that. I tell him, Uma, you need to do this and this. Before I get through this and this, I know. I said, well, if you know, why didn't you do it? You should have done it. <laughs> but that's the problem we're having in the church. People, they already know. You can't teach them anything. You've been a believer for 30 years. And if you know, why is your life still like that? Mm. I know. Why not? They always know. They really know. Hey, they know everything. You start the scripture, they, they complete it for you, you know. They already know. If it's like this woman that I read, I read about or I heard about. She was in this church and the, the pastor had invited uh, a minister. It, you know, it was this kind of church where the ladies have full control. <laughs> hey, I'm not going there. I have to go. Oh, I'm sorry, ladies. Not you, not you, not you guys. <laughs> but one of these churches where, you know, they tell the pastor what to do, you know? And they already know what they believe. And uh pastor was, he was really trying to hear uh, just a wiggle room. <laughs> he couldn't do anything more. So he had invited this guy to come and speak in the church. And the members knew that this guy believed in certain ways and they didn't believe what this guy believed. So this lady was sent to give him a real battle during the service. She came in angry. She knew the truth. 
And this fellow, false teacher, he's not going to tell us anything uh, apart from what we already know and believe from the word. Amen. And so when the time came for the man to speak, the guy got up and turned, he said, turn to Sister Page. She was ready for him. He said, turn to Sister Page. I mean, Sister a book in the Bible and gave the verse and everything. And unfortunately for the preacher, he got to the place where this woman doesn't believe at all. And as she started to read the scripture, she got up and said, We don't believe that stuff in this, in this church. We don't believe it. You're a false teacher. You get out of our church. We don't believe. The guy said, Ma'am, I haven't said a word. I'm just reading the scripture. She said, I don't care what you're reading. <laughs> we don't believe that in this church. See, we can get so deceived where we believe we already know the truth. So we can't be taught anymore. We can't learn. We got ourselves closed or boxed up. And sometimes God will walk outside the box. And he won't let you know that this is what he's doing. You need to be open. We need to be teachable. We need to be teachable. We need to learn. I can learn. I said, you know, God is giving us all means. I sit in the Sunday school there, class. You know, it doesn't bother me. If you teach and I'm in there, I'll sit and listen to you. And by the time you're through, I've come up with a new sermon from what you're preaching. Amen. Yeah. You can learn. From anybody. You can learn. We need to be teachable. Look at what the scripture says. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5. It says, show me your ways. Notice it said, you are, my, you are the Lord, my salvation. So you are already saved. But you still, you want to be taught by the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you. And sometimes he uses people to teach you. I've learned a lot just listening to people. And I thank God, my wife, she's good. She gets all these tips and helps me. I listen to them. And I get, I, I study my Bible all the time. I want something. Bless me, God, from your word. You need to spend that time studying the scriptures on your own, listening to others. And God will let you know when it's not right. But you need to be open. You need to have that hunger. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Then you will reflect his glory. And when you thirst, you want to learn, you want to know. And when you know you're eating bread, because the word of God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So you're living by the word, and you need to hear the word, you need to be teachable. I like it when somebody tells me something that I've never heard before. It may sound like, man, where did he get that from? I like it because what it does is it will make me for the next few days, I'm still researching it. And when I'm through with it, boy, I have gained so much. And it's always great if this thing is, what the man has spoken is good. Because I know that man is another source where God can bless me. And then I keep going to that person. I need to learn. We're not in competition. We have to be teachable. If you're teachable, you hang around people who know, you just be like them before long. Amen. 
So we need to, to know that. He says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. I need to know your paths. I need to know that. Lead me in your truth. And teach me. Lord, you teach me. But you know, when you cry out to the Lord to teach you, He's not going to pull a chair and sit, okay, now, you would just sit down, I'm going to teach you. Yeah, the Lord won't do that. Sometimes He teaches you through somebody else. I've learned some good lessons listening to my children. <laughs> they preach to you. I learned a good lesson from my brother before they were not saved. And, you know, somebody had backslidden. And uh, they were living, I mean, <laughs> they were like the devils. And I used to call them so in those days. I had no fear. You are sons of the devil, I can tell. <laughs> and uh, one of the brothers, uh, my Christian friend, had backslidden. And uh, my brother said he came to the, the club while we were, where we were drinking and all of that. And he said he walked in, and we recognized him as he walked in. And he said, I immediately went to the rest. It was your friend that had gotten dramatically saved for a few days. And then went back to the same club where he was saved from. And he said, this is an unbeliever telling me this. He said, when he came in, because we were so taken by the way God pulled him to himself... Uh, he said, I called the rest of my brothers. I have a few brothers. He said, I told them, please, I don't, none of you, don't you ever buy a, uh, a can of beer for this fellow. Please don't. If he's going to sin, let him sin by himself. We are not going to add to his sin. He was talking to me. I was already saved. I was listening to him. I said, what happened then? He said, he said you won't believe this. We sat there and watched him, and when he realized no one was going to buy him beer, he went by himself and bought beer for himself and started to drink. He said, good luck, I I, I felt like going out to just beat him to pop. He was preaching to me. That means if I ever go back to drink beer, he's going to beat me to pop. That's the way I was hearing it. He's going to just destroy me. He said, you know, good luck, all these people that go to God and come back, they are telling us something that is not good from God, that God is not good. That's what he said to me. And from that day, I decided there is no backsliding for this man. (laughs) There is no backsliding for this man. Amen. You can learn from anyone. That's my point. If you want to reflect God's glory, be teachable. Be teachable. Amen. And I'm going to close with the fourth one here this morning. Believe the word of God, the will of God enough to act on it. Amen. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had very little to say in scripture. If you read, she didn't say much. She said much in her life, but the Holy Ghost didn't decide to, uh, to put those things that she said. Just a few words that Mary said were recorded in Scripture. But she gave us a profound 
revelation in her word. When she said in John chapter 5 verse 2, he says, whatever he says, no, I got it backward. John chapter 2 verse 5. When he said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. If God tells you to do something, you need to do it. If you read it in the scriptures, believe it enough to do it. Now, obeying God depicts two things. If you obey God, what you are showing, what you are really depicting is two things. You're depicting, first thing is humility. The second thing that you're depicting, when you do what God says, is love for Him. Just two two things. In John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, I came into the world not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. He put down His own will. Humility. He did the will of the Father. And because... He was not going to back off from doing the will of the Father, even if it cost him his life. The Bible said God had greatly exalted him. James 4 verse 6 says, God resists out, and he gives grace to the humble. What that means is when you are not obeying God's word, you are leaning on your own understanding, you are proud. And God is resisting you everywhere, you everywhere you turn. He's resisting you. No wonder things are not happening in your life. Because you're not doing the word that you know. He's not the one who hears the word that's blessed. He's the one who hears. And is doing what? That's, what. that's what brings the blessing. Obedience. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 22. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fats of ram. You need to obey God. It's better. Can you say with me better? You want God's favor? God's smiling? You want to reflect his glory? You want God's will expressed in your life? Obey. To obey is better than sacrifice. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 tells us. If you are willing and obedient. You shall eat of the good of the land. Obedience will do those two things. Demonstrates two things. Humility and love for the Lord Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 23, 24. Jesus said clearly, If you love me, you will obey me. You will do my word. If a man loves me, he'll keep my saying. If he doesn't love me, he will not keep my saying. So every time temptation comes to you, and you are able to resist and say, No, I'm not doing that. I love the Lord. I cannot do that. And when it's true and the temptation is past, then you can turn around and say to the Lord, Lord, I told you I love you. I loved you. I love you. 
But if you yield, <laughs> then what he's saying is maybe you don't love the Lord enough. If you love me, you will keep my words. And the Father will love you. And he will come. I and the Father will manifest. You want to be the manifestation of God's glory, God's goodness? Keep his word. Keep his word. Obedience. And again, we can go back to the, from the beginning. Until your mind is renewed. You can't obey him. Until your thoughts are his thoughts. He can walk through you. You think in terms of impossibilities. And God doesn't walk that way. And until you are teachable, he cannot come through. Because you got your mind set. This is the way God works. I'm going to share the rest of them. So I'll continue next time. I have opportunity to preach. Pastor Andy is preaching next week, Sunday. Uh, Fifteen is prayer and courage are required. You need prayer and courage. Uh, Sixth, let the peace of God reign. Let the peace of God reign. I'm going to just tell you this. Uh, Anxiety is a negative form of meditation. Amen. And what you meditate on is coming to you. Amen. Separation from the world is required for us to separate from the world. Confirmation by God's word. When you believe God is giving you something as you are obeying him, always check with the word of God. Don't be like the woman that said, God has given me an inspired idea to do business. And the business is to sell booze. No. <laughs> or cigarettes. You know. It can be. So you must check it with the word of God. Or an inner witness in you. Comfort or conflict is not a determinant. The fact that you have troubles because you are trying to obey God doesn't mean God is not in it. If you feel like God is giving you something to do and then you start doing it and all of a sudden it seems not to be working, so you got conflict, most Christians quit. They don't have the inner witness and you miss out on God's blessing. You need to realize it, just the fact that everything is going well doesn't mean God is in it. <laughs> it may be Satan is just setting you up for a great fall. Third thing is, it's not determined by the approval of men. Eleventh, it's not subject to your own timing. It's subject to God's own timing. And the twelfth one, which most of us will say, Lord help, I need more faith. Patience. We need to be patient. We need to be patient. I believe that if we do, that's not exhausting everything, but I believe if we line up with these things and do them, we will begin to see the reflection of God's glory upon our lives. Would you stand up with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus.
one thing that we do do in our church, I believe uh, Theresa can confirm this, we do have uh, the scriptures and stuff online. And you can go online. I, I really want us to believe God's word and act on them. You know, I'm praying to God for this 2009. I'm play, praying for God's multiplied blessings on your life. And you will get there. Some of you that don't have anything much at this time of the year, when the year, this 2009 comes to an end, things will have changed dramatically in your life. And you have a testimony to give at the end of the year. So I really need you to begin to study this and put those things in your heart. A lot to say, and I'll continue when the time is right. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I am willing. And I want everyone to say that. We have no visitors much today, but tell him, God, I'm giving everything up. Say it with me. God... I'm giving everything up. I will live for you. I will hear your voice. Speak to me. Speak to me. I will hear. And I will obey. By your grace, I will obey. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read a scripture in closing. As I pray for us as we close. It's in Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings. And may he accept all of your sacrifices that you've offered to him. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. And the people of God said, we're dismissed. God bless you.